We are in our second part of a series called Foundations. And the idea of building our lives upon things that will last, building our lives on, on solid, solid things. Last week we talked about building our lives on the cross of Jesus, building our lives on the Bible, and building our lives on the gospel. All of those things have relevance for us every single day. And this morning, uh, we're going to launch into another thing for us to build our lives on, another foundation that is absolutely critical and important for us as we follow Jesus. And I'd like for you to open your Bibles for me uh, this morning to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He's kind of wrapping it up here in chapter 7, actually. And he's been teaching them all sorts of things. You have to picture Jesus on the hillside uh, near the Sea of Galilee. Tons and tons of people, thousands of people listening. Jesus is talking to them about the practicality of what it means to belong to God. What it means to be his child. What it means to trust him and to follow him and to obey him. We have all of these beautiful teachings of Jesus here in Matthew uh, chapter 5 and chapter 6. And then it comes into chapter 7. And our passage this morning is going to start in um, verse 7. One of my absolute favorite passages here. And this is Jesus talking. This isn't old, dusty, theological, dead, irrelevant, forgotten, just information. This is Jesus talking. As you hear the scripture this morning, as you look in your own Bible this morning, I want you to look him in the eyes as he is saying these words to you and to me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, meaning just people, you're human... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? What an amazing invitation for Jesus. Ask and seek and knock. And the asking is coming with this request. And the seeking is being determined about it. And knocking is being persistent about it. And it's all couched and framed within the idea of a relationship between a father and a child. Because Jesus says, look, I'm talking to all of you on the hillside here. If one of your kids comes to you and says, hey, can I have some bread? You're a human. And my goodness, you're not going to be so cruel to say, oh, you want some bread? Here's a rock. Chew on that. Or, oh, you want a fish? Good. Here's a snake. If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your own kids, how much more then will your Father in heaven give to those who ask? The foundation we're going to look at this morning, the time we're going to spend together this morning, is what it is like to build our lives on prayer. Prayer is our focus tomorrow, and that's what we're looking at today, because you and I need to grow and mature in our understanding of prayer. And this isn't going to be a teaching this morning that says, shame on you, lame, mediocre Christian, you should be praying nine hours a day starting about 3 a.m. This isn't one of those, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should. 
This is one of those teachings where time and again, by my words and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope you hear in your own heart, my goodness, why wouldn't I pray? The God of the universe is inviting me to ask. The God of the universe is inviting me to seek. The God of the universe is inviting me to knock and keep on knocking. Why in the world would I not take him up on that invitation? I want to start out this morning, start out today by talking about how prayer is both an invitation and a mystery. It's an invitation and a mystery. Don't miss this invitation. I asked you to look Jesus in the eyes as you're reading that scripture today and think about that. He's looking at you and saying, I don't know what you're, you're struggling with right now but today, but ask, ask, ask. The good news about Jesus is he knows what you're struggling today. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's happening in your heart. Jesus has come. He is the long-awaited Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's bringing teaching like has never been heard. He's coming with authority like has never been experienced. He is raising the dead. He's healing the sick. He's, he's healing the lame. He is opening blind eyes. He's doing unbelievable things because He is God. And then He doesn't say, you have to stay a long way from Me, or you haven't been a very good boy, or you haven't been a very good girl, so don't you dare come asking for anything from Me because I'm God. No, this is the posture of God. Ask. Ask. Well, I'm a little bit afraid to ask you. You can ask me because if your earthly fathers know how to give gifts, just imagine what your heavenly father can do and will do because you're his child. A couple of weeks ago, we spent some time on a Sunday morning here at People of Hope Church looking at the invitation of Jesus when he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll help you find rest for your souls. Here we are in another opportunity to see Jesus as the inviting one. How have you been picturing Jesus? He is the inviting one. Ask people. Seek. Knock. It's an invitation, but it's also a mystery. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Here's why it's a mystery. Here's why prayer is, is a mystery. Well, first of all, God is sovereign. And when we talk about God being sovereign, what that means is, is that he is absolutely supreme. There's no authority greater than God. It also means that he is in charge and over all things at all times. Not only is it true that God has made everything that exists on the, the smallest detail on this planet to the furthest corner of the furthest galaxy that we can't even see with our strongest telescope. Not only is that true that he has made all those things, but he is managing and governing and controlling and holding together all of those things simultaneously at the same time. And he's holding together your life and my life God knows all things, sees all things. There's not a corner of the universe where God's unaware. God never has to get a report of what's going on. So why does he need us to pray? It's a mystery. It's a mystery where God invites us in to partner with him in his work. It's an absolute mystery. He doesn't need to be informed because he's sovereign God. When you go to God and with your prayer request and talk about what's going on at work, God never has a moment of like, you're kidding me. I had no idea. It'll never happen because he's God. 
So why does he want us to pray? It's a mystery. It's also a mystery because he is absolutely loving. Is that true? Our God is loving. True? He's never cruel. He's never had a cruel moment. He's never taken a step or withheld his hand out of cruelty. He has always done what is right. He has always done what is, what is righteous. He has had moments where he's had to discipline his kids. But as we all know, even discipline is an act of love. So if he is loving, he doesn't have to be convinced that we're in need. God, you don't understand what's happening at work. You don't understand how bad it is. I just, I'm calling out to you today in prayer for what's going on in my work. And God's not going, oh, I'm not sure if I get it yet. I mean, it's kind of bad, but it's not like, you know, people of Israel in Egypt trying to make bricks. I mean, it's kind of bad, but, you know, other people have got it worse. No, he's loving and he loves you and he loves you no matter what's going on in your life. And he knows all those details already. And God doesn't have to be convinced that what is, is troubling you is actually troubling. I remember when my kids were younger and a toy would come and they would have it in two pieces and it was a broken toy. And they would look at me with just tears going like the world was falling apart. And you and I know, well, first of all, that toy cost about three bucks and there's a whole shelf of them just down the road. We can get that. And you and I also know in two minutes, you're going to forget about this toy and move on to something else. We also know in three minutes, you'll be finished with the toy and you'll love the box it came in more than the toy itself. We, you and I can go, this is no big deal. But to that child right then in that moment, that broken piece of plastic is disaster. And the kind and loving parent said, oh, no, let's see if we can fix that. Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. Let's see if we can make that better. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see if we can what we can do about that. That's because you and I don't go, it's just plastic. You'll get over it. It's not important. Don't worry about it. You'll forget about this. Move on. It's not important. It's not as bad as other things that could go on. No, no, no. We move in because we love that child. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Bring it to me. Let me get the duct tape. Let's go at it. It's because you love your child. And so when you go to God with what's happening at work, what's going on with the classroom situation, what's happening on your team that maybe even nobody else knows about, but it's just weighing like a ton of bricks on your soul. That what's happening in your house when you're struggling in loneliness, what's, when all of those things, God doesn't look at you and just go, oh, that's not important. He looks at you like the child with the broken toy and he goes, right now, that's my child's whole world and you better believe I care about it because I love my child. So, if God is sovereign and doesn't need to be informed, why does he want us to pray? If God is loving and he already cares about what we're going through, we don't have to convince him. Why does he want us to pray? It's a mystery of participating with God in his work. For some reason, God is calling you and me to talk to him about things he already knows. And to open up our hurting hearts our longing hearts, our, our thirsty hearts. He's calling us to open those up in front of them 
Sometimes so that He can answer the prayer and our eyes will go to our Father and we'll say, You are great. You are good. You are faithful. You are so kind. You split the sea so I can walk right through. And sometimes He wants us to participate in prayer because when we stand there and we ask and we come back and we're knocking and we're knocking and we're seeking as we're coming to Him, coming to Him, we're growing stronger and more deeply in love with Him and in trust with Him. But for some reason, God wants us to pray about the things He already knows about. He wants us to tell Him the details of the things that He already cares about because we're His child. It's an invitation and it's a mystery inviting us in. When you and I pray, we participate in God's work and we connect our heart with His heart for us and for others. When you pray for your neighbor, for your relative, for your classmate, for your friend, for your spouse, when you pray for them, you're connecting your heart with God's heart for them. Prayer is this beautiful invitation to participate with God. And when you build your life on prayers, a part of the foundation for your life, then fear and worry become overshadowed by faith and expectation. Because when we pray, this is so powerful, I'm going to get to talk to the same God who made water come out of a rock. I'm going to get to talk to the same God who said, let there be light, and poof, there was light. I'm going to talk to the same God made Lazarus rise up and walk out of the tomb. I get to talk to the same God who split the water so his people could walk right through. And so when I pray, fear and worry, they take a back seat. They get overshadowed. They get overshadowed by expectation. I'm talking to the God who can do anything. Is that a part of the foundation of your life? That when trouble comes, okay, trouble, that's great. You're pretty hefty. You're pretty strong. I mean, as far as trouble goes, you're good size, but you are no match for my God. When we build our lives on prayer, fear and worry, they're still there, but they are overshadowed by faith. I know what my God can do. I have read what my God can do. I have seen in my own life what my God can do. And I trust Him. And that's why I'm going to Him. Daddy, I already know you know this is going on, but I'm bringing it to you from the depth of my heart. It is absolutely killing me right now. Help. Rescue. Deliver. Fix, repair, restore, change it, God. And the very act of prayer is an act of faith. What are some reasons why you and I don't pray? Interestingly, I don't think the one about time is really all that significant. That's a secondary issue. Uh, even the idea of you stayed up too late watching too many episodes and, and too many seasons of the show and you didn't get up early and pray. Listen, praying in the morning is really good, but that's not the only time prayer needs to happen. True? 
So the reasons you and I pray isn't necessarily that we stayed up too late or that we didn't take enough time or we've been watching too many shows. None of those reasons are the primary reasons that we don't pray. Let's talk about, let me give you four reasons why we we don't pray usually. Number one is called self-sufficiency. You and I don't pray. We don't talk to God about what is troubling our soul or what is troubling our spouse or our friend or our neighbor. We, we don't come to God because we feel like we've got it. I mean, let's just be real for a minute. Self-sufficiency, self, self-confidence is one of the reasons we don't pray. I don't feel like I need God to step in. I feel like I can handle this. Self-sufficiency. Faith in yourself keeps you from prayer. This is true. What have you been wrestling with for the last six months in your life that you have just been gutting it out and reasoning it out and thinking about the strategies and you've talked to counselors and friends and experts and read books and blogs and listened to podcasts and gone to all kinds of sources, but you've yet to go to your Father in heaven who can do anything. Yes, you are clever. Yes, you are smart and can solve problems. Yes, you've got a boatload of experience in your job and in your marriage and in parenting. Yes, yes, and yes. But prayer is the humbling of self that says, Dad, I need your help right now. And I don't want just what I can do in this situation. I want to see what you can do in this situation. Do you remember the story of the children of Israel when they walked through dry land, when the, the, the Red Sea was parted, and, and they walked through? I, I mean, this is what happened. Not only did they cross over, but the water stayed, stayed back long enough for the army of Egypt to ride through. And then God said, turn it loose. And the waters came down and wiped out the army of Egypt. Not only were they across the waters that they wanted to get as a people of Israel. But then God just wiped out their enemy. They may not have been asking for that. They may have just been asking, God, can you help us get across the sea? The sea's in the way. We can't go anywhere. The sea's in front of us. And God's like, watch what I can do. Not only only am I going to get you across the sea, I'm going to wipe out your enemy. That's what I can do. So what is it that you're troubled with, struggling with, wrestling with right now that you're trying to solve One thing in your own strength when in fact through prayer, God might do that and then that and then add a little cherry on top of that that you never even thought was possible. Self-sufficiency and I got this and I'm good and I can figure it out and I deserve to figure it out. Boy, that's a real dark one. I deserve to go through this. I got myself in this trouble. How many times when your child brought the little broken toy to you, how many times is it true that it's broken because they broke it? And yet the parent is there. Self-sufficiency is one of the reasons we don't pray. A second reason why we don't pray is because we think that prayer is only for needs. Prayer is only for crisis. Prayer is one of the ways that we connect our heart with God. And there ought to be times when you and I are praying and there's not a a request to be made. 
when we're just sharing our heart with God and how we're doing and how things are going and what we're longing for. And there may be some requests that slip in and out there, but prayer is not only a 911 call. Prayer is also the way that we connect with God. I'm so thankful that we have a way to connect with the living God. Spending time with God is often accomplished just through conversational prayer with Him. Just talking to Him. So if you're only praying when there's a crisis, you're missing out. You're missing out on the opportunity to feel closer to God through prayer. Third reason why we don't pray is because we, we doubt that God can do anything about it. We doubt that God can fix it. And that's mind-boggling because we know the stories. We know what he has done. And some of us are, are just thinking, yeah, that's true. But, but this person's too hard. to. They've got too hard of a heart. To ch- God can't change their heart. And somehow, even knowing all that God can do and believing all that we believe about our God, we slip into that mode of saying, well, well this situation at work, that, that, couldn't, that couldn't happen. Or this situation at school, that's just stuck. It's always going to be this way. Or this this addiction that I'm in right now, it's just I'm always going to have it and I'm never going to get to break free of it. Listen, our God can do anything. And so on a hillside next to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus said to the crowd of people, ask. If you ask your earthly dad for a piece of bread, he's not going to give you a rock. So you ask me about that thing at work. You ask me about that addiction in your life. Watch what I can do. Third reason why we don't often pray is because, or fourth reason, sorry, is we doubt that God cares. The third one was we doubt that God can. The fourth one is we doubt that God cares. This is as simple as I can make it. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Everything that we've talked about this morning from the songs we've been singing, I am a child of God. We talked about last week about we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's who we are. That's who we are. Jesus couched this entire teaching on prayer in the framework of a parent-child relationship. Your God cares. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Well, sometimes I feel like it's just an inconvenience. And my my friend over there, I mean, they've got cancer. And I've got a boss who's a jerk. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Well, I don't feel like I should bother God with this little thing right here. I'm just lonely. I'd like to have somebody in my life. I just just need some friends. Or maybe you need a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a a spouse. And I I don't want to trouble God with this because there's like war going on and refugees in the world. And and I don't want to bother. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Would you sit in that and rest in that? He's your father and he loves you and you're his child if it matters to you. So pray. Again, 
Pray, pray, pray. Come on, step it up. No, why wouldn't you pray? Because the God of the universe is inviting you to ask and to seek and to knock. I want to finish this morning by giving you three specific ways to pray. Three specific ways to pray. You could read lots of books on prayer. You could attend two or three day seminars on prayer. We're not going to cover everything that there could be said about prayer this morning. We're talking about what it might look like to build our lives on the foundation of prayer. That we go to Him in, 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 in regularity as His children. So let me give you these, these three things. First one is this, that we would pray simple and childlike. Simple and childlike. Simple and childlike. Jesus gives the illustration of a child asking for bread or fish. Come to your father as a child. And these prayers are to be simple. It's a relationship. You're not placing an order. It's a relationship. You're not placing an order. We went to a National Sounds game a few weeks ago with the, the Hope students, had a great time. It's a beautiful evening out of the ballpark. And, you know, at some point, my son, who was in town from college, was there. And we were uh, grabbing some food and waiting in line. And he was so kind to wait in line and get the food the first time. And a little bit later on, it was my turn to go. And we just decided we needed a pretzel. We had to get one of those pretzels. They looked too amazing. So we got, I went, and he stayed in the seat. I got back in line. I was just waiting, and I was waiting, and trying to figure out, are there three lines? Have you ever been in one of those situations? Is there three or two? And are you in line? Are you about to cut up, come up? And I'm waiting my turn, waiting my turn. They get up there, and then it's like a little pressure because you got somebody else behind you who's waiting, and you're like, let's go. Let's, let's keep this moving. And I'm trying to give my order. I'm trying to get ready, and I place my order, and I pay my money, and there's just sort of like, okay, move over there. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll move over here now, and I'm waiting. The next person's going to, and I'm just kind of waiting. And I do. That's not prayer. It's simple and childlike. Dad, could you bring some friends into my life who love Jesus? Father, really got to get out of this job, get into a different one. Would you open a door for that, please? When I talk about it being simple and childlike, it's because it's based on a relationship. You're not placing an order. Where you pray doesn't matter. It's simple and childlike. You don't have to be in a certain posture. You don't have to. I was taught like this as a little kid. Anybody else with me on this? First it was this. And then I felt like I was a little cooler, a little more mature when the prayer was like this kind of thing. But I was taught, you know, you bow your head and you close your eyes and all those things. And I don't have a problem with any of that, but, but the, the idea of bowing your head and closing your eyes is actually a practical thing. We close our eyes so that we're not distracted by what else is going on around us, and we really can connect with the living God. But we bow our head out of humility and reverence. But the place isn't important. I know people who have a prayer room at their house. Does that sound really interesting? Like, like it's a prayer room at their house. That's, that's what it is. There are other folks who have a prayer closet um, at their house. That's great. You do not have to have those things. If you have those things, that's fine. But you don't have to have those things to pray. Just keep it simple. Pray in your car on your commute every morning. But please do not bow your head and close your eyes. 
pray as you're walking. I actually go every once in a while and walk over at the battlefield and just get a little exercise and enjoy the outdoors and just walk and pray. And I just walk and talk to God. And I don't compose a letter in that moment of prayer. Dear Sovereign God, I hope things have been well with you lately. I'm sure you've already noticed, but sincerely, Kyle, done. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I don't bring formality. I've never studied martial arts. I've never gone through all of those progressions and I know some folks actually in the room have and I have such admiration for the people who started out with a purple belt, green belt, yellow belt, orange belt. I don't know the belts. I know the black belt's the big one, right? I know the black belt is, is like the, the one and then there's maybe a triple diamond black belt. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know what, what that is. Maybe it's bedazzled in some ways, but it's an extra special belt along the way. But people have earned their way through this. I, I want to I just mention that to say this. The triple diamond black belt in prayer isn't fancy words. The, the highest maturity of, of prayer is conversational relationship, not refined eloquence. Have you been in those prayer settings where somebody just felt like they needed to pray around the whole world? And cover every single thing that could be covered uh, in all in one breath and, and all kinds of things. And they, they bring in all of these words and you feel intimidated. Oh my gosh, my prayers are not like that. Listen, you're a child. He's a father. Go to him. Ask, seek, and not. Keep it simple and childlike. It's not at all formal. It's conversational. And when you pray in a group, it's not a talent show. When you pray in a group, it's not a moment for you to step up and try to bring something significant. Because in that moment, you're praying to the circle and not to your father. Amen. <laughs> when people are praying and you're in a group, your role in that is to agree with them in prayer. Yes, Lord. I'm for that, Lord. Yes, Lord. Do that, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Please do that, Lord. Oh, man, that would be great, Father. Thank you for that. And when it's your turn, just jump in. Don't have the anxiety when you're in a circle and people are praying and you're like, oh, oh, I, somebody needs to pray for wisdom right now. That'd be great. Nobody pray for wisdom because I got that. I want to pray for wisdom when it's my turn. You get two people to you and then somebody prays for wisdom. You're like, oh, I'm just going to pray for wisdom. Now I can't pray for wisdom because they prayed for wisdom. I got to figure out what I'm doing. Don't have any of those thoughts. Just come to the moment with the people to the Father. You went to the Father as a group. That's all it is. It's not a talent show. Simple and childlike. Simple and childlike. When was the last time you just had a conversation with God? That may or may not include a raised voice. That'd be okay. God can handle that. Do not throw accusations at God, but you can for dang sure open up your heart and let the hurt out. There may be days when you just need to get off by yourself and part of your prayer is you on your face in tears and part of your prayer is you screaming at the sky. 
Not in accusation, but in hurt and in longing. It's simple and childlike. Back to my story from earlier. When the plastic toy is broken, what do you get? You get some tears. And you bring them to your dad. Bring that. The second way to pray, not only simple and childlike, but I want us to pray for each other. If you're going to build your life on a foundation of prayer, don't just pray for yourself, but pray for each other. How are you doing in going to the Father on your friend's behalf? How are you doing in going to the Father on your spouse's behalf, on your kid's behalf? Let's pray for each other. This is one of the greatest acts of love and care. When you're going to say, God, Father, my friend over here, lost her mom and I'm asking you to hold her tightly right now hold her up God because she's just barely hanging on as they get together for a funeral this weekend they start telling stories Lord help help them just to smile and remember all the blessings that came because you put that person in their life Pray for each other. When someone tells you a need, pray for that. Pray for that. Pray with faith that God can do anything. And when you do this, when you pray for other people, you will see compassion grow in your heart and unselfishness grow in your heart. If you're a list person, you got a list of things that you pray for, make sure that you're praying a list for other people as well. And maybe it would be a great exercise on the way home today uh, to ask your spouse, hey, how can I be praying for you this week? Maybe this would be a good exercise for your kids to go to them and say, what would be a meaningful prayer to be praying for you all week long? Or to go to someone else who's, who's part of your church and just to say, hey, how can I cover you in prayer this week? It would be my honor and privilege to go to the Father and ask and seek and knock on your behalf. I want to love you in that way is what you're saying. Let's pray for each other. Pray boldly. Pray in faith. Pray believing God can do anything in those moments. And then finally, the last way I want to challenge you to pray, building your life on the foundation of prayer, is that you would pray with confidence. That you would pray with confidence. Never a moment that says, God, sorry to bother you. Or never a moment that starts with a speech. God, I know I haven't been to church in a long time, but... Or God, I know I haven't been real consistent lately, but... Or God, I haven't really read my Bible a ton lately, but... Not with any, but coming with confidence as a child of God. You're going to your father and he says, ask and seek and knock. And you can go to him without fear and without worry. Jesus plainly says, look, if your own kids ask you for bread, you're not going to give them a rock. You can trust your requests with your father in heaven. If you ask him for things, he's going to answer with blessings and favor and kindness. And he'll always answer with what's right and best for your life. You can go with confidence. Your opportunity to pray. Don't miss this this morning. 
Your opportunity to pray is based on your relationship, not your track record. You're coming to God as someone who is His child, not as someone who has proven themselves worthy of a prayer request. So go with confidence. Go grateful that Jesus has made a way through His death and resurrection for you to go to God with your request. Believe that he knows. Believe that he sees. Believe that he can do something about it. Believe that he cares about it. Go with confidence. Build your life on the foundation of prayer. Can you believe it? We're invited to ask the God of the universe. We're invited to bring what's troubling us him because if it matters to us, it matters to God. Can you believe it? We're invited to ask of the one who can split waters and raise the dead. What could he do with our situation at work or at school or on the team or in our marriage? Wow. Ask and seek knock. I'm calling you out to build your life on the foundation of prayer. It'll change your life. If you are a praying man or a praying woman, a praying student, trusting God and believing God, Jesus has invited you to call on heaven's power for earth's trouble. Let's take him up on that. I want to finish this morning by asking you to bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. What do you need to talk to God about right now, just in your heart? I want you to practice the teaching this morning. I want you to talk to God, simple and childlike. Ask Him. Push past your doubt and ask Him. You don't have to use fancy words. Ask him.